Welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lily Cox. And I'm Nikki Pope. And in this episode, we're talking client consultations. Yes, a very big subject. So to help us, we have two lovely guests with us. Welcome to Jamie Stevens. Jamie is an award-winning hairdresser, nominated for British Hairdresser of the Year on several occasions. A salon owner, very importantly, and a global ambassador. And Jamie is also currently the resident hairdresser on ITV's Lorraine show. And joining Jamie, we welcome Darren Fowler. Darren is the award-winning founder and owner of Fowler 35, a boutique salon in Fitzrovia, and also the new digital membership site, Fowler Hair Academy. He's a regular backstage at London Fashion Week and an editorial and commercial session stylist too. Welcome, welcome guys. Darren. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Very excited. Great. Okay, so um, a consultation is obviously a great opportunity to position yourself as an expert with your clients. So, Jamie, do you want to kick us off? Like, how do you approach your consultation? It's always been a huge like bugbear of mine that most hairdressers will start a consultation by saying, what are we doing for you today? So for us, it's always been, well, actually, we're the expert. The client is paying you money to get your advice. So why would you start the conversation by saying what you want? So we generally break it down into like four questions <clears throat> to try to simplify it, which are really indirect questions of me saying what you want. So firstly, we always, especially with women, we find that women have a perception of their face of what it's not. So most women will generally think they've got a bigger face. Um, and we always find it's a lack of education from hairdressers of advising their clients what their face shape is. And we all know a face shape will play a big part in determining if your style suits you or not. Right. So we have individual um, semi-permanent markers by each of our stations. We ask the client what face shape do you think you have. If they're right, then we scrape all their hair back and like draw around what they see in the mirror. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's like a visual aid. Basically, yeah. yeah. So Because yeah. most women do think I'm bigger than what I mm. am. And actually most people will kind of be overlish because I don't feel that anyone has a round face because a round is a circle. So <laughs> in, generally people don't have circle faces. So that's the first thing. And then we just ask them questions of, you know, what's the best haircut or style that you've ever had? So they tell you something that they've kind of liked then I'll ask the reverse question of tell me something you've had which you've hated. Um, then we'll ask what would be like the worst thing that we could do for you today. And generally within those answers they will give you some sort of insecurity about themselves. So someone might say I'd hate it if you gave me a fringe. Why would that be? Ah, oh, Because I think it would make my nose look bigger. So it's just getting as much information from them. We find out what job they do, how much time they sort of spend on, the, in the, on their hair. Because again, if we're going to suggest something that's going to take a lot of maintenance and they haven't got the time, it's not going to impact them. Um, and then the final one, and that's a bit cheesy, but we say, if my comb was like a magic wand and I could hit you on the head today and you could have anything, what would you love? Or whose hair would you love? Because for us in this day and age, we can do anything. So we can make people's hair longer, shorter, thinner, thicker, lighter, darker, smoother, curlier, etc. So that's kind of how we consultate so rather than asking them we're the experts we're getting as much information from them and then with those answers then we go back and then we suggest actually the hair that you should have to suit you so that's four distinct questions that you can teach your yep. teams yep. to share so darren what, mm -hmm. take that forward for us 
I'm sure you do something similar and something's different. Yeah, so, I mean, as Jamie said, you know, having kind of, having a worldwide kind of knowledge of what's going on out there, again, for us, it's very similar that, you know, that question, if anybody ever asks that question of what are we doing today, I'm literally going to push them down the stairs. Um, <laughs> Great. But, um, you know, I think it, it's something that's taught. Um, I think it was, it's something that's very old school. Um you know, for us, our thing is about creating characters. So that's uh, what we go alongside. And we have a specific, again, consultation, pitter-patter. Um, and ours is all about, you know, for me, you know, you've got a pyramid. The top 20% is actually people knowing uh, that they're in there and you have the skill set. That should be a given. But the rest of it, the rest of the 80% is about the psychology of it and making sure that you ask good questions to get good answers. You know, if you're going to ask bad questions, you are going to get a bad answer. Um, and that's what we kind of strive to actually get into breaking down as quickly as possible what people need from the next portion of their life and what they want to achieve um, and who they need to be. And then basically going on our kind of pretty similar, we have about six questions that people ask. Um, the first two actually give us most of the information that we need. We very rarely talk about hair. Um, we talk about what we're going to deliver to them, uh, psychology, you know, that, that kind of aspect behind it, what we can achieve for them, how they're going to feel when they walk out. And we guarantee them that we, we will achieve that. Uh, with everything that they give us, we ask them for th kind of three main concepts um, that describe them and describe who they need to be as a rule within our company you know we will say one hair's the main accessory you wear 24 7 that you can't take off so mm. for us you know we're obviously biased because we're hairdressers it's your crowning glory and your main accessory and we always say you know we kind of have like a three strike policy with our clients so every third time we cut their hair and it generally works around those six months mm. we will always always suggest a change because yeah. we always say you wouldn't wear the same jumper every day for six months. You wouldn't wear the same pair of jeans or the same pairs of shoes. So why do it with your hair? You know, and it doesn't have to be from going from long to short. It can be, you know, introducing a little bit of tone in your colour. You know, yeah. some lightness, softening those layers, sharpening that line, introducing a fringe, a soft fringe. It just keeps people, it just keeps people, you know, elevated I yeah. think and it just gives them something there's that to... old saying change your clients before they change you for sure yes. because I don't know if it's still the case but a lot of people would say they change hairdressers because they want to change for but sure. they don't like to upset them by asking for something different no and again yeah. I think for us for, for me doing all of my global stuff these are not official stats but you know I've educated hundreds of thousands of people over the last six years and I always try and make it my my thing to try and speak to as many people as possible about how they consultate and the, the people that actually consultate by starting a question by saying, what are we doing for you today? I ask them what their clientele retention's like, and it's really bad. Yeah. And that is generally because if you go back and you spoke to all of those people, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to go to the hairdresser. You shouldn't be asking your hairdresser. It should be down to your hairdresser to advise you because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And it's also up to us to step up every single time. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, you know, one of my, for even for clients that I've been doing for 20, 30 years, 
because I've been doing it 150 years. Um, <laughs> you look good. I'm, I'm looking okay. <laughs> um, my, my personal question to my clients is, was your hair amazing for you last time? Because mm. amazing is a big ask. Yeah. And actually, if they falter on that question, then I need to, I know I need to step it up or I need to change something. And very similarly, you know, we always say, you know, change something Otherwise, they will change you out. Mm, yeah. And I have been in the situation, I don't know about you, Jen, but I've literally had a client and I've offered them change. And, you know, every single time they've come in and then one time I've given up on them and just said, you know what, I know the answer's going to be no. And you know what, I never see them again. But what I do see is them walking down the street with the haircut and the colour that I was trying to talk them into for all of those years and the minute I stopped asking them, they went somewhere else they went, and they got it. Yeah, so it was a decision. But mm. also I think that goes on, you know, again, one thing, years and years and years ago, really similar, I had a client that I've been doing for like 10 years, you know, always suggesting she was really, you know, just safe and for me I was kind of like, okay, fine, I'm actually, I'm still doing my job, you know, I'm suggesting stuff, I take it, one is a compliment that you're happy, so that's fine, but then also the other thing, if you're not... If you're not kind of willing to listen to me, then what's the point of coming into me? I went on holiday, she booked in with another stylist and they cut all their hair off. Mm. So actually having sometimes a different set of eyes mm. is really good. And that <clears throat> opened me up then to actually involve other people. So what we do, I don't know if it still happens, but you know, in colour... You do colour down, don't you? Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you were doing colour, would you ever mm. ask if you're... Put, doing a set of highlights and then you've got some highlights developing mm. do you ever ask any of your team just to go over and check your colour yep right so it always happens do you ever get anyone to do that with a haircut or a consultation uh, yeah I mean we change things up a lot yeah also, yeah. so do you think it's a really sort of good mm. thing so sometimes if we mm. get a new client mm. in you know and I'm talking I sometimes might actually say like you know Laura just come over here and just listen and then just tell me if you've got any other ideas mm. yeah. so sometimes bring in like, like it's a team sort of thing and it's mm. not just always I feel people get obsessed with right it's my client my thing don't be frightened to get yeah. other people yeah, involved because I think as a consumer when I'm sitting in the chair it's actually quite fun and quite nice when other people get involved or somebody calls over from yeah. the chair next to me and says mm. gosh I love what they've just done or mm. Because equally, while I'm sitting in the chair, I'm watching other people getting transformed next totally, to me. Yeah. And I think it's quite fun if their hairdresser makes a comment to my hairdresser or vice versa, because it is a social Yeah, I think that goes, that goes down to the type of salon it is. Going back to talking about younger members of your team then, and I know you guys have both got like quite a good system in place for your consultations with your questions. But if you have a younger or more junior member of your team who maybe isn't so confident and gets like maybe pushed around by a bit of a feistier client how do you how do you work through that to try and train them to deal with someone who's being a bit bullshier who's trying to push back against your expertise if that makes so sense. again i know it sounds probably slight i don't know if arrogant or aggressive is the right word but mm. we have a policy um, where literally if people don't we don't let people tell us what to do mm -hmm. in, in the nicest sort of way because we're the experts you know and I always relate it I try and sort of say to them it's like a doctor yeah. right you know and I again say this to anyone and generally the answer is always the same mm -hmm. people go to a doctor because they've got a problem you then basically you tell your doctor your problem 
you then wait. And then you wait for him to tell you what he's going to do to make it better because he's the expert. Yeah. So no one ever tells a doctor what to do and you always listen 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I always say medication is exactly the same as our retail. How many times have you ever been to a doctor and he's offered to give you medication to make your problem better? How many times have you ever questioned that medication? Generally never. So mm -hmm. for, for me, I relate it the same with retail. <clears throat> if I've just done my consultation, done my client's hair, but then mm -hmm. I say, look, you need to use this shampoo and conditioner, this volumizing spray and this hairspray because it's going to make your hair the best it can be. Mm -hmm. Don't question me. It's what we're sort of saying. Yeah. So in yeah. a non-arrogant way, <laughs> so going back to like the assistants, you can't teach. I don't think it's all down to experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to deal with some shitty clients you know some people because it's the best way of learning um and just that will get better in time you can do some role playing some situations but until it actually happens and it's live then i actually think it's it's a good thing mm -hmm. you know christ when i think back to when i was starting you know <clears throat> anyone that even elevated something you know i would go bright red i would clam up you know but it makes you a stronger person so it's a tough mm. one, but I think you've got to throw them in the deep end and just, you know, mm. let them learn. Because you'll never get two people the same. You never get two mm. heads of hair that are the same. So every client and consultation, even though it's similar, it will always go in a different different mm. path. Mm. I think for us, um, I think you're right, you know, I think, you know, people need to know and believe in what they do um, and know that they are the expert. I mean, for us, we, um, we actually... We work with life coaches within for the whole team um, and one of the things that we've actually started to do is just saying to people look everybody has choice and how somebody's arrived in your chair today is through the choices that they've made that day um, and it can be you know they've gone the tube and a cup of coffee's been spilled over them you don't know what's happening in somebody else's life and why they've arrived in your seat in that state and just to try and understand what state somebody else is in and knowing that you don't have to choose to react to that state. So actually you can stay in even when they're trying to roll you. And it is hard. And like James said, you need experience. Um, but knowing how that actually somebody else's state, A, you can't change it, but you can choose how you react to that state. Mm. So that's one of the biggest things that we kind of try and instill um, in them and you know and, and over a period of time like Johnny said you kind of you get to that point well look, you there's it. you know I'm sure Darren you know I still get some you know there are you know you can't please everyone mm. you literally can't no matter how good you are you mm. know and even for me it's probably easier for me within any of my other staff but you know there are times when someone won't listen to you and they're not taking your advice and they're not happy for me I will stand up and basically say do you know what I'm not the right person to cut your hair I think you should go go to go to someone else, mm. you know, because I would actually rather them go around and say, "Oh, Jamie Stevens was an idiot. Why? Because he wouldn't cut my hair. Why not? Because he, because what I was asking for, he said wouldn't suit me." Then her walking around and everyone going, "Bloody hell, who cut your hair?" <laughs> so for me, I'm, I would actually, yeah. I don't want negative sort of people. So you know, we train, we have a philosophy. If you're not willing to sort of like open and mm. you know, because you're sat in that chair for a reason, mm. then if you don't want to listen to us, absolutely fine. You know, mm. go somewhere else. The integrity, isn't it? Yeah. Your... And that's it. You know, we've worked a lot for our brands and our salons and our team. So, you know, it only takes a couple yeah. of people too. So, 
you know, I, we know. Value yourself. And and absolutely. Your and it, and expertise. For me, yeah. you know, some people, when I say stuff like, you know, I do, you know, we, I turn some people away. You know, actually, I know that no matter what I do for you, you're not going to be happy. So, you know, I don't want to put myself in that situation. So actually, you know, you're probably not, I'm not the right hairdresser for you. Not that you're not the right client for us. You know, and we even do stuff that if we get new people come in, you know, as a team and a company with each salon, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And for me, it's a really important thing to know what everyone's strengths and weaknesses. So if Nikki, if you came in to me and you Mm -hmm. booked in with me and I've done my consultation, I might turn around and say, do you know what, Nikki? I'm not the right person to cut your hair. Tony is. Mm. Go and see Tony. Yeah. Outside hairdressing. Where might you look to for inspiration? And I'm thinking particularly about the consultation and the conversation as the client, but the experience of you being a client somewhere, whether it's clothes shopping or a hotel or whatever, is there somewhere that you have walked away from and thought, that's amazing service and they really asked what I wanted? Is there is there something that we could look to for inspiration that springs well, to mind? Just in the means of, you know, looking out there for information, I do try and go to every single spa that I walk past. <laughs> <laughs> That's for selfish Research reasons, Darren. Research, Darren, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spas, restaurants, like, you know, <laughs> just make sure that I check everything out. Yeah. Um, I think just for me everywhere, every bit of customer service and you know what, even if it's bad customer service, you learn from that. Mm. And, you know, I know this is not new news for anybody, but there's always something to learn. Um, I was in Paris this weekend and, you know, had probably the rudest taxi driver that I've ever met. And I learned from that. So, you know, all the time it kind of, that makes you step your game up. But I think going to the really kind of plush and, you know, that's great. But I think you also learn an awful lot from the small boutique, Shoreditch, you know, I kind of around there quite a lot. And I think they give a lot of personal customer service. I think it's an interesting point that the client consultation is almost the flagship of your service, isn't it? It's it's the point where you perhaps have a conversation properly for the first time. So that needs to relate to what your brand is as a whole and your ethos. And I think if, if you try and... You know, absolutely all for people, you know, everyone should push themselves out of their comfort zone, but be realistic. That's my sort of thing of, you know, yeah, absolutely. I can say to everyone, you know, everyone needs to wear three-piece suits and we offer people, you know, X, Y, Z. But if it's not practical and it's not got legs or longevity, it will potentially come back and bite you in the arse as well. So, mm. I mean, it's, I mean, I kind of think what we're always whatever concept or you know subject matter that we're talking about we're always talking about the experience and Mm. you know for us the experience is part of that client consultation because you know we all know from the minute you pick up the phones the minute you walk in you know that experience has to be absolutely on point and knowing what your brand is as James was saying knowing who you are is very important but you know also in that client consultation, people are going to get a grip on your USPs, you know, who you are, your individuality, your beliefs, your values as a brand, um, you know, whether you bring your manifesto in, you know, it depends yeah. on how far you go with it. But that 
client consultation as part of the experience is absolutely paramount. I something I say to my it was one of the best bits of advice I've ever been given. You know, fifty percent of being amazing at what you do has nothing to do with how good you are at your job. As in, you can be the best hairdresser, hair cutter in the world, but if you don't tick all those other boxes, and for me, forty percent of it is a consultation. Yeah. You know, because if you don't get all of that right, like Darren said, you know, from the minute they pick up the phone, you know, to book an appointment with your receptionist and from the minute they come in the salon to how they're greeted to, you know, what magazines or tea and coffee, all of that, you know, is equally just as important about actually how you cut their hair. Mm. Mm. What What's the hardest thing about training your A-team to do a better consultation? Because they don't think they need to know how to do it better or because... They're afraid to ask the questions or they're too desperate to get on to the exciting bit of actually doing the work? I can, um, from my experience of sort of my team and some of the people that I've tried to change their mindset, mindset is the biggest thing. And it goes, it's a bit like retail, you know, you're actually, you're not trying to sell something to someone. You're trying to give them something to aid them to make their life easier with their hair. So, you know, like the question that I sort of introduces part of our consultation of like the comb thing and I know it's a bit cheesy but you know it's it's massively helped us upsell everything since we've introduced it but my staff are a little bit embarrassed about it Mm. so it's actually just trying to get them so that they're a little bit conscious of like oh I don't really want to do that I feel that everyone will be talking to me I think my client's going to feel like I'm interrogating them you know so I think it is a bit of mindset so for me it's easier to break people's habits. So mm. more people that have been in hairdressing longer who have joined our company from the younger people, for the younger people that we train, mm. super easy. Because mm. I drill it into them from day one. I, mean, I think it's familiarity because when you're familiar, A, with the surrounding or, you know, with your clients, to be honest, you mm. know, just that familiarity and just thinking that maybe you don't have to go there anymore or the client doesn't want me to go there anymore you know oh, right. you mean they're making the assumption that yeah absolutely that and become too comfortable yeah really. and almost yeah. becoming too familiar with the client mm. you know and the clients almost become a friend mm. so then they're like okay well they don't want me to ask them those questions anymore and then the embarrassment thing comes in until you kind of you know, wake them up a little bit and just say, okay, well, you know, I think your client is here for a reason and they're paying you money for a reason for your professional opinion and service. So maybe yeah. it's at that time you started asking them <laughs> again. With your business heads on, we're not hairdressers, but if you have the 45 minute appointment <clears throat> or the hour and a half appointment, is there not the worry that a long consultation is eating into that time? Or do you, do you, would you still say no, there must be 10 minutes or certain, is there a formula? So we do, well, we do. So any new client is, so for a cut and blow dry, we're standard, you know, 45 minutes for a cut and blow dry, but any new client always gets an hour for their mm. first appointment because then we allow for that, you know, 10, 15 minute in-depth consultation. Um, and obviously after, you know, their second appointment, we generally will still do the 45 minutes because then we always think, well, actually, you know, first time, people should always get a little bit longer because the consultation should be much more in depth and you know you get to know that person's hair so when they rebook you know it's not new it's not the unknown 
So, you know, you already know that person, you know, you st we still kind of do like a similar consultation, like every single time, but first time it's always much more in depth. Yeah. So yeah, we would always allow slightly longer for the first appointment. Mm. We do a very similar thing. Um, we charge for it. <laughs> so to be, it's a really good point actually yeah. because so many people like you know what especially more with me with all like my tv and makeover stuff mm. i get we always as a company offered free consultations mm -hmm. and all we sort of find now is people come in especially with me they get their appointment they get their consultation write mm. it all down think yeah amazing and then mm. they go back to right. their hairdresser so I mean, we, we yeah. don't charge but we are yeah. gonna look at doing it yeah i mean we, we're kind we're happy to have a chat with somebody yeah um but when they come in we do we have a deluxe appointment so as well they get a complimentary treatment in there they had massage the lay down bed blah 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 um and they get a full hour with us and actually after that we kind of say to people do you, would you like to spend this much time with us always so right. would you mm -hmm. like to spend an hour with us because now normal company's time is 45 minutes or if they've got longer thick hair it's like this is your your time you know we need this time to spend with you actually right. um so we're kind of we're quite open with them and actually because it's always like oh you know they're going to be spending more and it's like well i am spending more time with you so you need to understand that actually this is we'll make it more luxurious yeah. for you but this is what i need to do to spend this amount of time i think that a good consultation is the mark of a good hairdresser is the mark of a good brand is the mark of somebody who values themselves as a professional mm, yeah is it as simple as that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally and i think you have you know i know that you know the the younger people well when i say younger i mean i don't think we have any assistants that are under 20 years old anymore um but when they come in and then they see that you're offering that kind of professional service professional consultation that clients are believing you and it is of a certain caliber i think then they're more in tune with getting involved with that and staying with you and staying with you for a long time and you know our thing is about longevity um <laughs> as i said like my most of my stuff in me 14 years but you know, making sure that they are the right people when we employ them to give the right consultation eventually yeah. to that client is going to be imperative. Um, but, you know, that is one thing that is a little bit of an issue for us is those right people coming into the industry now and um, making sure that we attract those people to come into the industry and be part of it. So we, we had a sort of survey, I'm sure you guys know, but people that don't, you know, on average, you know, a good average hairdresser will earn £30,000 a year. And I think it's something like 30% of hairdressers across the country earn £50,000 plus, mm. which, you know, is more than most doctors, you know, most average lawyers, you know, but they have to go through college, university, you know, they get themselves in so much debt in what's going on with the government and everything at the moment about repaying loans. You know, hairdressing is one of the only, you know, industries where you can actually earn while you learn. You know, yeah. So you don't leave with any debts, you know, all of this sort of stuff about apprenticeships in colleges. You know, it can be open right up to a minefield. Yeah. You know, the college training, the teachers that are training them, they've not been educated themselves for God knows how long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all about getting funding and 
Do you recall, Lily, we had a guest recently who had quite an interesting approach. She felt that asking her clients or using her clients to find her mm. assistance was a, an interesting move because she felt that her clients were her best advocates. Yeah. So that through was reputation quite... in the industry, she said, you know, if you've got your clients coming in and they're enjoying the environment mm. and they've got, I don't know, nieces, nephews, daughters, friends yeah. of friends, and they yeah. think, like, well, actually, if you're looking for a Saturday job, yeah. why don't you go there? Yeah. So funny, mm. really good example of that. So we've literally been racking our brain of how, you know, and again, this is not me being sort of slightly arrogant, but, you know, me who's, you know, TV celebrity hairdresser, big profile, if I'm struggling to get assistance, what is it like for those other people outside of London who mm. were not sort of high profile name hairdressers, you know, Darren, yeah. I'm sure it's exactly the same for you. So we have thought, right, who are our most loyal people? And it's actually our clientele database. Yeah, so, you know, we've got tens of thousands of people. We sent out an email yesterday just sort of saying, like, being honest, like, guys, you know, we're struggling you know the industry is struggling to get people you know you know you're you come in our salon you know weekly monthly you know what it's like you've seen the progression of myself and all of my other team you know if you know anyone you know and anyone that you recommend mm -hmm. is successful of us we'll give you a 200 pound voucher to spend in our salon that's wow. a great incentive. We've had 27 okay. emails this morning. Really? Wow, great. That's really good. I might do that and give them a voucher at Jamie's. <laughs> 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 I think you should. It makes perfect sense. The, yeah. the guest that Nikki is talking about, you know, she said it's all about going out and, and into your local community and making sure you're a pillar in it and making sure that you are sure. in, in touch with all of those people and your clients who are returning are obviously super loyal and they love what you do and mm. they love the way yeah, you treat your sure. staff and how you treat them, and obviously really enjoy and yeah. relish the environment. So it's that difficulty. I think there's been a lot said, and we will have to leave this here for today. Thank you very much to our guests, Jamie Stevens. Thank you. And Darren Fowler. Absolute pleasure. As ever, thank you to everyone who listened to our Respectfully podcast on the power and importance of client consultations this week. Thank you to our brilliant guests, Jamie Stevens and Darren Fowler, for their time and their tips. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm Nikki Pope, and together with Lily Cox, we have prepared some helpful tips and information show notes for you on this week's topic. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. And if you'd like to join in the conversation, you can email us your ideas, suggestions and responses at info at ihaa.co.uk. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.